0: Girl clothing is so much more than clothing. We are a movement. We have collectively decided to stop seeing each other as competition and instead seeing each other as sisters because we believe that is why we are held back as a gender and we are tired of it. So we are coming together, sharing our stories, our experience, strength, and hope to know that we are not alone and to hear that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and we are moving forward. It is 100% girl power. We know that if the women energy is not lifted up across this planet, we are doomed as a human race and we are here to change the game. So please help me welcome back our host, Taverly Lee.
1: We are back with another episode of Girl Talk and I have Kiana Clay with me. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me. You are super sweet. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I love that you have such a positive attitude and, um, and a brave story to share with our listeners. Yes, ma'am. So thank you. Um, mm-hmm. So first, Kiana, tell us where you're from.
2: Um, originally, I am from Corona, California. And where are you at now? um I'm either going back to California back to Dallas Texas or Colorado I am all over the place oh my gosh you know that me and my crew here we're all from Denver right really so if you end up in Colorado you got friends yes I'm in Colorado pretty much all through the winter um for training with snowboarding and everything else oh awesome (laughs) I hope that you will look us up next time you come into
1: Colorado we will come and visit you yeah
2: I'm right up um I'm right up in Silverthorne so yeah I'm literally about 15, 20 minutes away from all the big major resorts in the United States. But it's very, very beautiful. I love it up there. Yeah, Silverthorne is
1: really nice. Actually, all of Colorado is pretty nice.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's very scenic. And I'm pretty sure I saw a
1: post from you before this weekend came that Mm -hmm. you were riding again. Yes. You're riding, and you ride motocross?
2: Yes, I race competitively. Yeah,
1: Um, and I loved it, by the way. Oh, thank you. I I have a desire to try. I mean, I just, I do. And it, Pat Jakes, if you're listening to this, I'm going to have to give you a shout out because Pat Jakes was one of the first women to compete in men's motocross It was several years ago, but she was a national champion. And as a woman, she was one of the first women to race amongst all men. Wow. And so she runs uh, motorcycles. She does a lot of women's empowerment, but she does motorcycle training for women. And I keep seeing the bikes. I'm like, oh, because I don't want to like street ride. I want to ride like you ride. Like you you go over all the dirt bumps and roads and you go flying in the
2: air. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely, it's a lot of fun. My dad always makes a joke and says, you know, if adrenaline was a currency, I'd be a millionaire. Oh, yeah. So I was like, man, I wish that'd be great. So
1: were you born with that, like that desire for risk taking,
2: let's say? I was, um, when I was about two, three years old, I started like skateboarding and riding a BMX bike and getting into surfing and a bunch of action sports. And my dad noticed how I always want to go fast. Mm. I never wanted to go slow. Even whenever he pushed me on a swing, um, I would always say, I want to go higher or I want to go faster. And I remember my grandpa had this huge dirt hill behind his apartment, and I would go as fast as I could on my scooter or my BMX bike, and it would go right into a parking lot. And a few times, almost a few cars hit me and stuff, and my mom would freak out. (laughs) But um, I had such a desire to go fast. That's all I wanted to do. So. I just, I really just always had adrenaline rushes and my dad picked up on that very quickly and he said, you know, I'm going to get a dirt bike. And right when I got a dirt bike, I was instantly hooked. Like the feeling of the throttle, the power, um, and then whenever I would jump, I would feel invincible. So motocross hooked me real quick. So what age was that when you started riding? I was seven.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was little. (laughs) And so, you know, the story is that you had a major crash. Yes. And we're going to talk about that crash. Um, So how old were you when the accident happened?
2: I was 12 years old. It was on November 18, 2006.
1: And tell us what happened leading up to it. Tell us about the day, the race itself.
2: Yeah. um, So basically it was a huge national in Wortham, Texas. And we were living in Dallas at the time. Um, just cause racing was better out there. And my whole goal was to turn pro when I was, uh, 16 and we were at the track and it was raining pretty hard the day of the race. And I went out there completely prepared mentally and physically, and my bike was good to go. And I go out there and I see all these people blowing up their bikes because the mud was so thick mm. that the bikes couldn't move. And all so, along the course or in specific parts, the whole course, because it was it rained about three days for like the, the past three days leading up to the race. And so I go out there and my bike gets stuck a few times. And then I go over the finish line jump and my back tire slides out and another rider comes over and lands right on top of my neck. And his front wheel went right over my right side. And so it my neck hyperextended. And it severed all the nerves in my right side. Mm -hmm. And I blacked out for about seven, eight minutes. And then I woke up and I was on a stretcher with a neck brace like around my neck. Mm -hmm. And um, they were telling me that I couldn't move and they didn't know what was wrong with me. But right when I started to wake up, I started moving all my fingers and toes and everything. And I noticed that I couldn't move my right arm. And I started freaking out and screaming, I can't move my arm. I can't move my arm. And my body went into like this natural shock where... To protect. Yeah. yeah. And I felt like this really utter calmness. Like I, I... It was really weird. Like it was very, very, very weird. Um, and so I was rushed to the hospital and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And I went to three different hospitals and one hospital said I had a dislocated shoulder. One said I had a pinched nerve. And um, another one said that it was something with my collarbone. Mm. So they were giving me all different type of diagnosis. And then we went to Children's Medical Center, and that's when they said that I had brachial plexus. Okay, where was this again? Um, This was in uh, Dallas, Texas. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So what is that word that you just used to describe?
2: So brachial plexus is a specific nerve that is severed from your spinal cord, basically your neck. Um, that basically results in paralysis. Okay. So it's just a, it's a very specific type of paralysis. It's usually um, an upper limb. And so that means your spinal cord was damaged? Mm-hmm. My or, spinal cord and my neck.
1: Okay. And so that, that meant permanent loss of use of your arm?
2: Yes. And they said that I was starting to get some bicep muscle back and some movement back. And they were looking forward to seeing what all I was going to be able to recover But unfortunately, a few months later, me and my dad were driving down the highway and a drunk driver hit us um, in our lifted truck and we flipped multiple times in Mm. the truck. And so everything I was gaining, I instantly lost. So they said, this paralysis is pretty much permanent. You're not going to get anything back. Mm. How old were you? I was 12. Mm. This all happened within like a six month time span of each other. Yeah. Yeah. And...
1: I can't imagine what you must have been thinking, like to come through (laughs) your accident on your motorcycle Mm -hmm. and be recovering and see that progress is possible Mm -hmm. and then to get hit by a drunk driver.
2: Yes. And also being 12 years old, you know, especially being a girl, you're going through all those different like changes too. Yeah. Like you're starting to become a woman and you start having crushes on boys and trying to figure out who you are and... It really put a whole lot of, okay, so how am I going to be a mom in the future? Like, am I going to be able to have kids? And will guys even like me because I have one arm? Um, how is this going to hinder me from having a complete full life that I want? What What is it going to hold me back from is what I start freaking out about and really started thinking about. And then I started thinking about racing and how much I love motocross and how much I love competing and being around motors and my friends and my career path I was on because I was supposed to turn pro when I was 16 and have this whole path laid out. And so I just started like literally within a second, I was just like, wow, what, what's going to happen now? Right. Um, And it's just, it's a real big change when you're 12. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially whenever I went back to school, my friends treated me really differently because uh, Well,
1: it's also very astute of you to even be thinking of those things at 12 because most 12 Mm -hmm. year old is
2: going to think, is going to think
1: about things like, Am I going to be less cool, right? Am I? Right. Am I still? Are boys going to like me? Yes, but not. Am I? What kind of mom am I going to be, or right. how am I going to still achieve my goals and be be a champion? Right. So you had the mindset of somebody probably much older than than your age,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, which I'm sure is a big key component to what got you to where you are.
2: Yes. I, I just have really big dreams. I have a lot of goals. And ever since I was little, I've always held myself to a very high standard. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I try my best, I always have the mentality, but I can do better. Mm-hmm. So I always strive to be the absolute best that I can be. And whenever this was thrown into my life, I started thinking, how am I going to achieve those goals that I want? Because those goals aren't going to change because yeah. I still had a passion. I still had a love for everything that I was doing. Um, and I'm also an artist too. So I had to relearn how to write and how to draw. Cause it was your
1: right arm that's injured. Yes. It, uh, were you right hand dominant? Yes, ma'am. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to do that, do that brain switch of being dominant on your right, but then trying to move it to the left. Mm-hmm. It was really, really difficult and it was really weird. I remember the first night I got back home My mom was cleaning me up from the mud and everything, and I was sitting in the bathtub, and I was surrounded by, like, just a bunch of dirt and just, you know, crap, and my arm was just sitting there beside me just floating, and I remember I looked at it, and I couldn't feel it, and it was just the weirdest— it was the weirdest sensation. It like was to so Like feel like you're weird. detached
1: from your body.
2: Yeah, it was because yeah. I because I couldn't feel it. it. It's weird whenever you wake up and you have all your limbs functioning. You go to a race and you come back home with only three limbs functioning. Mm-hmm. It's it's very very crazy mentally. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why I started this show by s- saying that you are such a positive, bright, happy light. <laughs> Thank because you. to be there after what you've been through is really incredible.
2: Mhm. How did you do it? Uh, it was really just a basically when whenever I went back to school, uh, this was this is a moment that pretty much defined my whole life. I was having a hard time trying to write my homework and to do homework and my best friend at the time, she was struggling with my disability mm-hmm. and and pretty much accepting me. And she
1: was struggling with that. She was struggling with Mm. it,
2: which I mean, I understand, um, from her perspective and from where she was, I, I completely understand it. And I've, I didn't even have hard feelings towards her then. And I don't know, like we're still friends and everything to this day. But I remember she was helping me write my homework and she looked at me and said, this is stupid. I shouldn't have to help you do this. Mm. And then she put the pen down and walked away. And I just looked at my homework and I was like, how am I going to write this? And, Ever since that moment, I got into my head that I'm never going to let someone belittle me because of my disability. I'm going to function as if I have my arm. I'm just going to do things differently. And that was really a huge key in the whole basically rehabilitation process of not only physically, but also mentally of I'm not going to let somebody tell me I can't do something and I'm not going to make somebody make me feel that I can't accomplish what I want. And so I had to figure that out at a very young age, but that's what led me in high school. I tried out for everything. I was in cheerleading, I did track, I did cross country, I was in choir. I got really heavy back into art. I was in art for four years. um, And I actually medaled at all my art competitions. I got the best pen and ink in Texas which was really, really cool. Um, but I did everything in high school um, and I didn't let anything hold me back from what I wanted to do. Because the problem is, is that I wanted to accomplish everything and mm-hmm. I wanted to say, I'm going to do every single thing that I could, even with a disability, just to show up people. But that was my high school mentality. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, pardon my French, but I just wanted to be a badass in absolutely mm-hmm. everything. Right. Just to show people up and to stop having people doubt me. So it was a really, it was really empowering for me and in those moments. (laughs) So I, I, I'm going to make
1: the assumption that you may or may not, I'll say you may not realize this, but at the time Mm -hmm. you were building up and experiencing things in life to become what you are right now, yes. Because what you are right now is amazing, and Thank people you. are going to learn from you and your resilience and your story, mm-hmm. and from your ability to just find find a way forward. Like if mm-hmm. you can't get over, go around. If you can't get around, go under. If yes. you can't go under, knock that fucker down. Yeah. I mean, literally, that's what you have been doing for the last what thirteen years. Mm-hmm. And at the time, even though you you say you know you were just realizing that you needed to journey on regardless of what anybody thought about your disability. Mm -hmm. You say that, but I I say that you were just learning the strength. It's like you were testing your wings, you know, you were testing your wings to, to get to where you are today, because right now the message that you have and the way that you live your life Mm -hmm. is going to influence so many other women. And it already is. And, and, and men, not neither specifically, but we're a girl lives. So we're talking about women. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you realize that, you know, if you can look back yet and and see that those were the, the, the roadblocks or the, Mm -hmm. not the roadblocks, the the bridges to get to this side.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, you're completely right by, you know, if you can't go over and knock it down, if you have to go to the left, go to the right. um, That's what I really had to figure out because there's so many things that we do with two hands that we really don't understand that we do with two hands. Mm -hmm. Like the way that we eat. The way we hold a fork, like as stupid as that sounds, but like the way we hold a fork, we're so used to eating a specific way, holding a cup with two hands because you feel all cozy in a blanket or, um, even putting makeup on and doing your hair as a woman. Mm. I had to figure out how to do my hair. Um, and I still struggle with that sometimes, but I figured out, you know, if I want to go running or work out, I need to put my hair back. How am I going to do that? Because in high school I was doing cross country and track and cheerleading and drill team and a bunch of sports and my mom would be working or my dad would be working or I wouldn't have a parent at home whenever, by the time I was leaving for practice. So I looked in my bathroom and I saw a doorknob and I was like, you know, I could probably use that doorknob to help me put my hair back.
1: Wait, what? How is that? Okay. Explain it. Give us the details. (laughs) So you put a a ponytail holder around the doorknob.
2: Yes. I put a ponytail holder around a doorknob and then I lean up against the back where my head is right by the doorknob. I, Take my hair into like you know the bundle tie. Believe if you were yeah. to put your hair in a ponytail, and I put it through the the hair tie on the doorknob, and then I take the hair tie, and the doorknob's holding it for me, and I pull it out like twist it, yeah, and I use my fingers to twist, and then I put my fingers through it, and then pull my hair pull through, your it, hair through, and then I just unhook it from the doorknob. But the doorknob pretty much just holds the hair tie in place for me so I can put my hair through it.
1: That is genius. Do you still use that
2: now? I still do, yeah.
1: (laughs) That is absolutely incredible.
2: Yeah. Um, And then I absolutely love playing Xbox and video games. And I love Call of Duty, Guitar Hero, MX vs. ATV. And that's how I would hang out with my friends from school. Mm -hmm. Like whenever we, you know, go home and stuff. And um, in high school, we would spend probably about like five, six hours playing MX vs. ATV on Epic. xbox live and see I,
1: I think that you might have just um shown the differences in our generations here because <laughs> i don't know what that game is i don't play xbox but um i i believe that my children do but yes
2: they're great but games. i know it's
1: it's good but one-handed yes. is hard
2: yes that's why i play with my feet oh
1: <gasps> You do that's so do. incredible.
2: Yeah, I play expert on guitar hero with my feet also, and I think that one I'm of just the greatest. I'm looking at your toes right now. I got yep. oh,
1: you've got shoes on. I can't see. <laughs> that is
2: that is genius. Mm-hmm. And uh, my parents would call me monkey because if my hand was <gasps> no. full or something, I would use like my feet to open up the door, um, and to paint my nails, I use my mouth. Now, I have to hold my breath because if I inhale the toxins from the nail polish, I get very dizzy very fast. So wow. um, I have to hold my breath when I paint my nails. But, yeah, I mean, I've I've gotten creative with everything that I've done. And I, I know that's how I'll have to live my whole life. And I'm totally okay with it because I find it more fun. Yeah. Because it makes me different and out of the norm. And I like being out of the norm. Yeah. Because... It breaks down barriers for people because then they think, oh, she's doing that. Then I can do this, this way or that way. And it it inspires people to get creative on how to live their own life.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, Mm -hmm. Kiana, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for continuing your journey and doing the amazing things that you're doing. And I am going to, what is your Instagram? So people know how to follow you. And I will also include this in your show notes.
2: Yeah, Kiana, K-I-A-N-A clay 23 kiana
1: clay 23 and listen i want to hear from you next time you're in colorado
2: yeah definitely even I'll if you're you in up. silver
1: thorn or denver or wherever i'm sure you fly into dia mm-hmm. yes, yes
2: ma'am.
1: yeah so we will we will touch base again soon but i really appreciate you and thank you for you know being willing to share for other people on what it means to be resilient and yeah. for shining your light so bright Because really, this is just the beginning of your journey.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for joining. We'll be back. This is Courtney Olson thanking you for joining us. If you want to keep up with us and join us some more, find us on our website at girl.com. That is G-R-R-R-L-G-R-R-R-L.com. You can find our newsletter on there to sign up for that and stay in the now. Or find us on our Instagram at girl underscore clothing. That's girl underscore clothing. And remember, you are enough.